Now, from BetQL, it's time for the Daily Tip with Michael Jenkins. Dang it, he's talented. And let's be honest, I go for ambition, not luck. And Chelsea Messenger. Don't kill the messenger, or the messenger will kill you. Hey, Dad, don't forget about me, the dunkster. Presented by BetMGM. And we're off. It is hour three of the Daily Tip from BetQL presented by our good friends at BetMGM, the king of parlays. Great to be with you on this Monday. Coming up in the next hour, what we learned on Sunday after week six in the National Football League at 820. You know we're going to get you ready for playoff baseball. It is game two of the ALCS, a little afternoon baseball on the diamond. And then game one of the NLCS tonight. We will talk about both games. And after another successful week, particularly for Chelsea, we're going to tell you which games we are putting our money on tonight. That comes your way at 845. Chelsea, I have a home improvement update. What better way to start this hour off than with some hot home improvement news? I just want everyone to know that it looks as if after two full freaking years of this dumb leak for my shower, it is repaired. It is done. All it's taken it is, is thousands of dollars. It, it is finished. It's just, <laughs> I swear to God, we looked at having our uh, we could this i have had no fewer than six people look at this leak i've had plumbers i've had handymen i've had, you name it they have looked at this and we've had a we had a company come over maybe think about renovating the entire bathroom which would have cost god knows how much money i had an individual contractor come over and say well we could just redo this part of the bathroom and on a whim there is a couple that we know who said, you know what? Call this guy. He helped us. He's kind of out there a little bit. Like, he'll just randomly show up. I was like, oh, that sounds great. He goes, but he's really good. He's really meticulous. He's just kind of, it's hard to pin him down. This guy showed up, and by God, I believe for about, oh, my God, a tenth of the cost. Like, it's going to cost me a little over $1,000, which I'm not thrilled about. But trust me, when you were looking at maybe – 7,000, maybe 30,000, like all this money that I do not have. I'm like, I don't know how I would ever pay for this. I don't know how this is going to happen. Anyway, this guy, I believe, has figured it out. It's the smallest leak on the planet, but he was able to finally isolate it. And so he fixed it and he said, Now your shower is good. We haven't been able to shower. We have been able to shower in a different shower, but not upstairs for like three, four weeks. And now, it's done. I believe this guy actually figured it out. And it's mind-blowing to me that something this small takes this much effort. This has gone on for two years. I'm not kidding. But I believe now we have come to a conclusion. Thank God. That's why you have to shop around. Uh, it blows my mind how much money you could lose or waste oh. when it comes to your home. Like, I have seen my mom do this time and time again mm-hmm. because – you know, she's older, like she doesn't know any better. And I feel like these contractors come in and they just see like a big house and like, oh, well, she's got the money to spend. And they give her these estimates that are just outrageous. I'm like, mom, that's not a good estimate. You've got to shop around. This person is charging you way too much. So I'm not saying that the, the contractors you were dealing with were doing just that. I'm just saying that it's wild to me how much homework you have to do when it comes to home improvement. 
Oh, a thousand percent. And you're right. And this guy made a very good point. He goes, oh, I see this all the time. There's a leak or something and people will tear down everything or they end up chasing the leak and they spend thousands. He goes, it happens all the time. He goes, depends on who you hire. So now sometimes, yes, there's a real issue. Those things need to be rectified in whatever manner. But sometimes you're right. They walk in and are like, oh, you have a nice place. I'm like, yeah, it doesn't mean I'm ready to rip out my bathroom just because I have a leak. You know, it means I'd like to fix the leak. You have to be really careful about that. Yeah, just because you have money doesn't mean you should be spending money on stupid things. Say for betting, just because you've got a bunch of money in your account doesn't mean you should put it all on one bet. <laughs> I am the queen of spending wisely when it comes to my bets. I have like a good amount in my uh, uh, sportsbook account right now. But listen, mm -hmm. I'm super conservative when it comes to my single game bets. Uh, you should not be putting, uh, you know, 50% of whatever you have in your account on a single bet. It should be like 2%. 5% maybe if you really like something. So just another way where budgeting is key. It's not like the most exciting thing. And like, of course, you know, talking about home improvement and how you shouldn't be spending mm -hmm. money. Like it's not the most exciting thing and it's not a hot take. You're not going to see like these videos going viral, right. but it is sage advice. Oh man, just something to keep in mind. And now thank God that's over and I can spend my money elsewhere, which, you know, where it belongs, which is... Sports betting, betting on unders, watching NC State and Duke on a weekend, wondering what the hell I'm doing with my life. Let's talk a little NFL because I'm sure a bunch of you guys out there had some money on the National Football League this weekend. And let's start with the Browns downing the 49ers in Cleveland, 1917. Brock Purdy loses his first ever regular season game as an NFL starter. The 49ers regular season winning streak comes to an end at 15. And what's crazy about this is two things. Number one, PJ Walker was the Browns quarterback. Deshaun Watson out with a shoulder injury. And yet the Niners still had a chance to win it. Jake Moody missed a 41 yard field goal with three seconds to play. So the Brownies moved to three and two. The Niners dropped to five and one. Does this change your feeling at all about San Francisco or is this just, look, it's the NFL? No, this was a good defense. And I think this is one that I'm kind of kicking myself over because I think I didn't play this because I was worried about the Browns quarterback situation. Like P.J. Walker going against the Niners defense was not an easy task to take on. But still, Jim mm -hmm. Schwartz, defensive coordinator for the Browns, is really solid and for some reason yeah. he has the number of kyle shanahan as a defensive coordinator against kyle shanahan he's nine and one so schematically there is something that jim schwartz is doing and also i'll say mm -hmm. he has some very good pieces on that defense so maybe we kind of saw this coming i wasn't brave enough to play it but still this is the best defensive matchup that the niners had seen i did not see an outright loss here but also, I think the takeaway for me is not only did they lose this game, they also had some key injuries. Christian McCaffrey left this game. Debo Samuel mm -hmm. left this game. So it's starting to be deja vu all over again because what was the one thing holding the Niners back last year? It was injuries. They had to play mm -hmm. uh, in the postseason without a true quarterback. So now it's kind of raising some of those ghosts up to the surface, and Niners fans are like, oh, brother, here we go again. Not again. So I think that is the takeaway is monitoring those injuries moving forward. So at least maybe if the Niners can get back to full strength, 
I don't think this is a game where I'm saying, okay, the Niners aren't the best team in right. football anymore. Because also, the Eagles lost as well. Yeah, that's another game where I, I could not believe that. I thought the Eagles might roll in that game. Jets got a great interception late in that game where Jalen Hurts was trying to rally the team through a really bad pick, and the Jets went on top. So good on the Jets. Zach Wilson just kind of minding his own business, driving the car. And bad loss for the Eagles, and the Jets are just waiting, just waiting for Aaron Rodgers to possibly return. We'll see if that actually happens or not. Let's stay in the AFC a little bit. Well, got talking about both both conferences here with the Dolphins crushing the Panthers 42 to 21 in Miami. Tua, three touchdowns, 262 receiving yards. He leads the NFL right now in passing yards. Also, Tyreek Hill, 103 or 163 yards receiving, one touchdown. He leads the NFL receiving yards, 814 yards. Man, the Dolphins, I know they had that loss to the Bills up in Buffalo, but they improved to 5-1 and one in that offense. Mike McDaniel just has those guys humming. Right, but it was also against the Panthers, who were actually in this game. It was very surprising. I'm in Charlotte, so this is the game that I had to watch uh, for a bit. But still, how much do you make of offenses that can put up these huge numbers against teams that are probably not going to be in the postseason? Like, I think I would still side towards, uh, this is a really good offense. Tyree Kill is a cheat code yes. for just about any defense. But still, like, we've seen some uh, some blips in the radar for Miami when they do defenses. We saw it against the, mm-hmm. the Bills. But in the meantime, I think what this means going forward is, I'm still going to be on Tua for MVP. He is going to put up insane numbers because they still have some bad defenses that they have to face. And when a quarterback puts up these insane numbers, you just can't ignore it. So even though there will be teams that maybe are better overall teams, I think the Dolphins will be good enough to keep Tua in the MVP conversation. And what do you know? Uh, He is now up on the leaderboard tied for the best odds to win MVP at plus 350, along with Patrick Mahomes. And also, this is dual-sided because it also depends on how the rest of the quarterbacks are doing. Patrick Mahomes really hasn't put up huge numbers this year. So if this is the year that anybody takes it from Patrick Mahomes, like I think this is it because he just hasn't been putting up the numbers that fly off the page. Yeah, and remember that Devon A-Chain is a guy who's out for, what, four weeks with a knee injury. So that's just another weapon that Miami will get back at some point. I know the Panthers are a bad football team. I get that. But Dolphins right now are putting up college numbers against NFL teams. I don't care how bad you are, even though the Panthers are 0-6. That's just tough to do in pro football. But that offense, when it gets going, is really difficult to stop. Did you see Tyree Kill after he scored that one touchdown where he took the phone from someone on the sideline right there in the end zone or at the end of the end zone, then recorded himself doing a backflip. Yeah, and then the No Fun League took it down. Did you see this? Somebody posted the video, or maybe the NFL did, and then they took it down. Like, are we championing uh, celebrations or not? Because wasn't the the caveat is that you're not supposed to use props in the end zone? Yeah, I think that's it. I mean, I get it. You don't want it to get out of control, I get that, but at the same time, then this is fun, right? The guy did a backflip on the end zone. He's the most dynamic receiver in the NFL. He leads the NFL in receiving yardage. He takes the phone as a backflip. I'd be like, that's awesome. Yeah, and it's a phone. It's not like he pulled out a machete. 
Like it's right. one thing if the well, prop that, is like yes. deadly or dangerous, but I think this is trying to like stop players from like pre-planning some of these celebrations. Yeah. Because we've seen some good ones. Remember when like To would pull the sharpie out of his like uh, yeah. sock and sign things. Uh, but still, you've got to remember this is an entertainment league. Are you not entertained when Tyree Kill does this type of thing? So it feels very, very stupid to me, but I'm not surprised. Yeah, why can't Tyree Kill pull out a machete, a machete and just start like, you know, you know, switching things up, carving things up in the end zone? He pulls out a machete. Come on, let the guy pull out a machete. Cut some things in the end zone. It'll be fine. The grounds crew can repair it. It'll be okay. Like there's... There's, a, I, I get the NFL is just trying to prevent this from getting out of control, but I feel like right now it's just fun. So I'm with you on that. What do you make of the Cincinnati Bengals? They beat the Seahawks yesterday in Cincinnati, 17 13. So the Bengals win two straight for the first time this season. They stopped Seattle on a fourth down from inside the Cincinnati 10 with just under two minutes to play. So this was very, very close. Joe Burrow, 185 yards passing. Jamar Chase, six catches in this game and has a pretty nice. Pretty nice game for him. Went off last week against the Cardinals here. So what do you make of the Bengals? Are you a believer in them just yet? They've kind of been getting by despite that huge win against Arizona. It feels like they're 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 there, but not they haven't quite put it all together. Kind of like the Chiefs, I feel like, even though the Bengals have been worse. Right. At this point in the game, the Bengals just need to win games. It doesn't matter if it's ugly, if it's pretty or what, because we know there's a good quarterback in there for Joe Burrow mm -hmm. uh, somewhere. So if they can just stay alive in the playoff race, and if they just make it to the playoffs, I feel like every single team in the AFC would not want to face the Bengals. No matter how bad they look in the regular season, they still have a threat in the postseason because they have Joe Burrow, highest paid quarterback in the NFL. He has not mm -hmm. looked like it thus far. But still, I'm not giving up uh, my faith in them just yet. Yeah, I'm the same way. They're, they're right there. They're only one game behind the Ravens in the AFC North. So I feel like if you're Cincinnati, you have to be pleased with the fact that, look, we haven't played our best football. There's no question about that. But now we're sitting right there within a game of the top of the division after this starts. So all things considered, I think Cincinnati will be just fine with where it is considering all the injuries and Joe Burrow off to that slow start. Finally, how about the Lions down in the Bucks? We mentioned the Lions because, once again, Jared Goff going off. He has really elevated his game over the past couple of years. This is, I think, a top-10 quarterback in the NFL, 363 yards, two touchdowns. The Lions have now won four straight. They're 5-1. and one. It's their fastest start since 2011, and they hold the Bucks to just 251 yards of total offense. Detroit just keeps plugging along. Do you think Jared Goff deserves to be in the MVP conversation? I have not yes. thought of this thought until just now. He's been putting up some big numbers. The Lions are good. Does he deserve to be up there? Yes. No question. Look, they're five and one. Jared, I think Jared Goff, we always talk about narratives on this show. What, what works against Jared Goff is when you think about Jared Goff, or at least I know some people do, they think about the Jared Goff that was in L.A. This is a completely different quarterback. They won last week without Amon Ross St. Brown. He was back in the lineup this week. If the Lions keep winning, and they should, not just because they're good, but because they play in a weaker division, why not? He's been fantastic. Time to throw out that old narrative. 
the man can play. Coming up next year on the show, back to the diamond for a preview of both games on the schedule in the ALCS and NLCS. That is next on the Daily Tip from BetQL. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip, presented by Bet MGM on the BetQL Network. Welcome back to the Daily Tip, presented by Bet MGM, with Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger on the BetQL Network. Welcome back on a Monday. The Daily Tip from BetQL, presented by Bet MGM. Great to have you along with us. I'm Michael Jenkins. She is Chelsea Messenger. Coming up in just a bit, we will preview Game Two of the ALCS and Game One of the NLCS as we start to inch closer to setting a matchup for the World Series. Chelsea, the Olympic Games in Los Angeles in 2028 will have a couple new sports. Cricket is an Olympic sport again, and for the very first time ever, so will be flag football are you excited about flag football being an olympic sport i don't know how i feel about it i guess it's fine it just seems odd to me and it can't be regular just nfl football because no one plays american football except american so flag football i believe is maybe something that's a little more worldwide even though you have to feel like it will be american dominated so should this be an olympic sport or are we taking it too far I don't really care if it's an Olympic sport, but I don't know if I'm going to get excited for it because Mm -hmm. I don't like getting excited for sports where we don't have the cream of the crop competing for Team USA because who's going to be on our flag football team? Like, is it going to be Tua? Is it going to be Tyreek Hill? No. Probably not, right? Like, these guys aren't going to risk their playing career uh, to play in the flag football Olympics. So that's when I just don't get as excited for something because in the other sports, this is the athlete's lifelong dream. This is their Mm -hmm. lifelong pursuit is to go to the the Olympics and these quote unquote Olympic sports. So I get excited for those ones where we have the absolute best at their crafts competing for Team USA. Similar to basketball kind of in that regard where we haven't had like our top players competing. So like we have some Mm -hmm. good players, but it's not Steph Curry, LeBron, and whoever who are competing right. for gold over there. So hmm, I guess like maybe I'll watch it, but I'm not super thrilled about it. Yeah, I'm like you, where you want to see big names, right? Like it would be awesome if you had NFL players playing flag Tyree football. Kill? And I know they tried. Yeah, dude, that would be amazing to watch. But then you're gonna have some guy who moonlights part-time on a bar in your city in Des Moines, but he's really good at flag football because he plays with his boys on the weekend. Roderick Jones. Oh, this guy. Now he can sling a drink. He can sling the rock too. I'll tell you one thing. This guy's a great flag football player. I can't wait to see him represent the United States of America in LA. I guess it'll be all right. It just, it just won't be the same, but there are people, the people that are into flag football are really into flag football so i'm sure it'll be competitive but i'm like you i'm like yeah i know the players that play real football this isn't it right and flag football i think has gained some popularity in the recent years because i think there are a lot of parents who don't really want their children playing a sport that is very concussion prone i know especially like this was a big deal flag football is very popular in the state of florida and it makes sense 
think of like there are so many skill position football players that come from the state of Florida. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is, but overall, the the state produces a lot of very fast individuals who are very good at playing receiver and defensive back. So I think flag football is on the come up, but it's not popular enough just yet to where we'll get like really good people playing for Team USA in the Olympics. I do think we'll have some good players. It just won't be the dominating force that we should be as America. That's what I'm talking about. Also, other sports that have been approved, baseball, softball, lacrosse, and squash confirmed for the 2028 Olympics, if you are interested. The one sport I never get in the Olympics is trampoline. That's the one thing. And I know it's a big deal. There are people that get really into it because you can do a billion tricks. But I think of, I think it's just because of my own existence. You know, when you're a kid, you're jumping on the trampoline. You're like, oh my God, this is an Olympic sport. But I, it is. Well, it's similar to like gymnastics, isn't it? It's probably a combination yes. between talents of gymnasts and like maybe divers. I feel like they're probably similar skill yeah. sets. But like there's something to it. And isn't it probably like I know nothing about trampoline. But is it like graded the same as gymnastics where you have like judges and they give you scores based on like the difficulty of the tricks? Yes. Like, ooh, if I did a trampoline, it'd be like front flip. Nailed it. Awesome. But they jump way into the air, all sorts of stuff. So, yes, I think you're spot on about that. By the way, Bill, just put this in our chat. The United States just won the men's world title in flag football, beating Mexico 40 to 36. Oh, the overhit in that game. I can't wait to watch it. Olympic sports 2028 flag football in Los Angeles. Let's talk about some baseball because baseball will be played in 2028 as well. And let's start with game two of the ALCS Chelsea this afternoon in Houston. Rangers at the Astros. Astros laying a buck 20. The Rangers are even money. Total at GM set at eight and a half. You have Nathan Evaldi going for the Rangers. Framber Valdez going for the Astros. You've been very good on your baseball plays, especially over the past two or three weeks. So what is your feeling as to what's going to happen here? I think this is a case of where does the value lie? Because all postseason mm -hmm. long, we have seen some plus money on some really good lineups. And I think that's the case here. You take the plus money with the Rangers, especially with Nathan Avaldi going. This is probably the best look you'll get at the Rangers, uh, other than maybe Jordan Montgomery, because he's been on fire in the postseason. But after Nathan Avaldi, I think maybe you start taking the Astros here. But this has been their 1B to their 1A of Jordan uh, mm -hmm. Montgomery. Nathan Avaldi has a postseason ERA under two. And for his career, he's been really good. A 2.70 career postseason ERA. So Avaldi is a big game pitcher who knows how to turn it on even when the spotlights uh, or the spotlight, yeah, is, is the brightest. So I think I'll take the Rangers in the first five, plus their lineup is incredible. This is a very home run friendly park at Minute Maid with a very short porch in left field. Mm -hmm. The Rangers have a ton of very good power hitters. And plus what we're seeing from Evan Carter, uh, the young guy, one of the top prospects in all of baseball, had a huge catch at the wall and also a big hit in the first game of this series. I like the Rangers lineup, and I like the value here. I'll take the Rangers, but I think I'll do first five here. I'll take the Rangers in the first five okay. at even money over the Astros. 
Yeah, I like the Rangers as well. I'm going to go full game for the Rangers at even money. And Avaldi, I'm telling you, man, I, I faded him a couple times. At the end of the regular season, I was so confident in that play because he was banged up for a while. And when he came back, he wasn't quite the same pitcher. But, man, he used that playoff experience and has been awesome in the postseason. Two runs over 13 and two-thirds innings in two outings. So, Every time I'm tempted to fade him, you know how that goes. You fade somebody or you fade a team that keep burning you. You have to get away from that. But ultimately for me, and and I like your first five play because of this, Framber Valdez, while he was he was brilliant against the Rangers, if you're looking at particular splits a couple years ago, but this past year, he has not been good against Texas, an ERA of 4.32. And also, I know he has only one start in the postseason. That was against the Twins. Gave up five runs in four and a third. So I'm just going to back Avaldi and how he's looked and fade Valdez. So I'm with you. I take Texas first five or Texas full game money line at even money. That is my play. Do you have a, an opinion on a side here? I feel like, unlike most series, if there is an over series of the two series we have, or sorry, yes, a total here, if you're like an over, I feel like of, of the two series remaining, this is where maybe you look at the over of the two, at least. Yeah, even though I don't think this is necessarily the game to do it, I think I'll wait till we get into um, maybe the number three starter for the Rangers because the sabotage factor here is that Nathan Avaldi has been really good. But both of these lineups have extreme power potential. Like, look at the Astros. We talked about Adolis Garcia, the lineup that uh, the Rangers have. If you remember the All-Star game, half the lineup was Texas Rangers. But look at the Astros. They've got all-stars all down the lineup as well who are fully capable of hitting home runs. Jose Abreu has been hot this postseason. Jordan Alvarez has been hot this postseason. So I think that is your potential there. Uh, when you have those big hitters in the lineups, if you can get some runners on base, and again, the dimensions of Minute Maid Park are pretty short, there is a potential for a lot of runs being scored in this game. But I think maybe the later games in the series are the time to do it. So I don't want to really fade Nathan Avaldi here. So maybe in game three is when I will start taking overs in this series. It is a daily tip from BQL presented by BetMGM. She's Chelsea Messenger. I'm Michael Jenkins. Coming up in just 10 minutes, we'll bring you our best bets on this Monday. Hope you're having a great morning as we come at you live across the country from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. in the East. And if you want our best segments and best interviews from the show delivered straight to your phone, it is easy to get them. Just subscribe and follow the daily tip wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Chelsea, let's go game one. National League Championship Series. Diamondbacks at the Phillies. Phillies laying a buck 65. Diamondbacks plus 140. Total set at seven and a hook. Zach Gallon going for the Snakes. Zach Wheeler going for the Phillies. And I think we're going to be on the same side here. Where are you going? Yeah. I think we're both going to be on an under here. But let's talk about the game first because I know people want to know, well, who do you think wins? Uh, yeah. I have no interest <laughs> in fading the Phillies at home. You've seen that environment that they have in Philly for these home games. And also, they've got their ace throwing. Zach Wheeler has been nails throughout the postseason, even against one of the best offenses in baseball. I know a lot of it is saying, oh, well, the Braves you know, went ice cold in the postseason. They're still a good lineup, and Zach Wheeler yeah. still deserves a lot of credit for shutting those bats down. The sabotage factor is that the Diamondbacks have not lost a single game in the postseason. And I believe they de deserve some credit going into this one as well because you're seeing an ace again, but the Diamondbacks have gone head-to-head -head with some of the best pitchers 
in all of baseball during their postseason run have faced arguably the toughest rotation of probably any team in the postseason. They've had to face two Cy Young winners, uh, put a four spot on it, or at least four runs on both of them. Had to face Corbin Burns, had to face Clayton Kershaw. Freddie Peralta is a good pitcher as well. Uh, I'm not going to put Lance Lynn in that category. He's not a top-tier pitcher. But still, you get what I'm saying. This Diamondbacks lineup has really caught fire. But the one thing that could be the sabotage factor, other than Zach Wheeler just being good, is the layoff. We have seen what layoffs do to momentum for some of these lineups in baseball, Mm -hmm. and it's not been great. Just ask the Atlanta Braves, which I think that can be an excuse for one game, but this is one game. This is the first game after a mini layoff for the Dimebacks, so maybe this is when their lineup finally does not score a bunch of runs here. So that's why I think we both like the under as well. Banking on Zach Wheeler's success and also Mm -hmm. maybe the momentum being killed just a little bit for this Dimebacks team that's been red hot. Yeah, and you know, you could also make the same case with the Phillies as far as their momentum is concerned. But yeah, I, I like both pitchers here. So I'm going to bet the under, set it seven on a hook. If you want to bet it there, I like it. I'll probably bet it up to eight and then hit the juice, minus 140, which I love to do. And, you know, it wasn't that long ago, I was fading Zach Gallon during the regular season just because of his home road splits. And he, at least for the majority of the regular season, he was really good at home and then not good on the road. I guess that's a sabotage factor tonight. But he has been a different pitcher in the postseason, which we generally see from these big-name guys at the top of the rotation. So he's allowed two runs in each of his two starts in the postseason. But also, if you want to trickle back a little bit and look at the regular season Two runs or less in each of his last four starts. And then the other side, Zach Wheeler, I know you were talking about him. He's just been brilliant. In two of his postseason starts, he's allowed a total of three runs. In his last nine starts, if you go back to the regular season, allowed more than three runs only one time. And both of these pins are fully rested and have been very good in the postseason. I think that's one thing that sort of put me over the top as far as liking the under here is that when you have that layoff, everyone's ready to go. Every game matters. Each of these guys, if they get into trouble, will probably be on a quick hook. So I'm going to go under tonight in Philly. Yeah, I think this is the best time to play an under. You've got both of the aces throwing. You've got both of the lineups facing a little bit of a layoff. So maybe they're a little colder out of the gates. And plus, these are the two best bullpens still alive Mm -hmm. in the postseason. Both these bullpens have an ERA in the postseason under two. They have been incredible. And it's not just the numbers. If you do the eye test, look at the Phillies bullpen. All those guys throw Mm -hmm. absolute gas. Uh, And then on the other side for the Dimebacks, Paul Seawald, the closer that they got from the Mariners, he's been incredible in the postseason, which is a welcome change from what we have kind of seen in the regular season. So I think the under is the play for game one of this series. Usually when you have two aces, you take a first five under, but you get a little bit more wiggle room if you take a full game under eight. And also you are banking on both of these bullpen to be especially strong so I think this is the perfect recipe for an under also I like Zach Wheeler over his outs prop 16 and a half outs uh it is juiced to the over I believe but this guy's been a wagon also there's not quite as much urgency in this game because it's a seven game series you know as opposed mm-hmm. to like a three game wild card or five game uh LC LDS or uh you get what I'm saying divisional matchup uh so yes. I think he goes over his outs prop as well so these are correlated So play them wisely, but I do expect the pitchers to shine tonight. 
I hope you're right because I'm on that under as well. I like the Phillies outright at minus 165, but do I really want to lay a buck 65? <gasps> no, I don't. So I'm going to stay away from that. Coming up in five minutes here on the show, time to keep the good times rolling with another week of our best bets. We're going to tell you who we're playing tonight. She's Chelsea. I'm Jinx. It is a daily tip for BetQL presented by BetMGM. Do not go anywhere. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip presented by Bet MGM on the BetQL Network. Let's get back to the Daily Tip with Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins presented by Bet MGM on the BetQL Network. Welcome back. It is Daily Tip from BetQL presented by BetMGM. Great to have you with us on a Monday morning. Our best bets coming your way in mere moments. Chelsea, let's let's take a quick trip down memory lane. I don't know why this popped into my head yesterday. Remember NFTs? Remember those? Remember for a hot second, was it less than a year ago or around a year ago? When everyone was buying NFTs, the board ape NFTs, what was it? Paris Hilton was on, Jimmy Kimmel, not Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Fallon. They were talking about it. Oh, everyone was buying NFTs. You got to get your NFT. Well, now, two days ago, the creator of the board ape yacht club, that NFT, they're announcing layoffs. One study has come out saying that 95% of NFTs are now worthless. I'm not saying it's over yet, but it doesn't look good. I always thought that was really dumb, and maybe I'll be wrong. Maybe in 10 years, five years, you'll be saying, Jinx, oh, I've got a collection of NFTs, and I'm retiring because I got them at a low value, and now I'm moving to the Caribbean. But I don't see it because now I hear nothing about these bad boys. And the reason why I believe is because most of them aren't worth the damn thing. I think it's because most people can't get on board with why they are valuable in the first place. Like, mm -hmm. I think it's a concept that a lot of us don't really understand. And mm -hmm. I'm one of those people. Like, what are they? Just pictures online that, like, you have yes. rights to? Like, yes. You have a can specific you not just right. Can you take a screenshot? You <laughs> can, but then there's a, then the, I think the, the argument against that would be, well, yes, but you have a copy. You don't have the original. It's sort of like a, a painting where, yes, you have a Picasso. You have a replica of an actual Picasso. You don't have a real Picasso. To me, I, what I think this comes, and this is just me, maybe this old person speak, I understand that digital assets are certainly the wave of the future, right? But when it comes to collectibles, I feel like there is something that is never taken into account and there is something to be said for having something that you can look at, that you can touch, that you can display that isn't on a digital screen. Maybe we're heading towards that future and then 15, 20 years from now, I mean, the screens are in front of us all the time. We're always looking at screens, but I do feel like there is something tangible and something real about having something you can put your hands on that is not digital, that means more and it speaks more to the human existence if that makes sense. And that's why, because anything can be digital, anything, you can digitize anything. You can't necessarily make everything 
that that gives you some sort of tactile feel or something you can look at that is away from a screen. And I think there's a special meaning to that. But maybe that's just me. No, it's because the very basic mindset of being like, okay, I have the only one of these in the world. I can hold it. Nobody else can get it. And I think a yeah. lot of people have the same instinct as me. It's like, well, can't you just do a screenshot? And also, you've got to think of like the demographic that likes collectibles. Isn't it mm -hmm. usually like old people that love to collect things? Like, yes. I feel like most young people aren't collectors of things. Now, please prove me wrong because I feel like there is a huge age gap. There's like people who collect mm -hmm. things who are like, you know, five to 13. Then there's a huge drop off. And then there's like, mm -hmm. 60 year old men who love collecting things like baseball <laughs> right. cards or whatever like maybe there's some like 25 year olds who really love baseball cards or something like that it just i don't know and i don't see the over 60 population be like oh nfts this is what i need <laughs> for my new collection they don't even know what an nft is no, that's true. Well, and also, so maybe that's why it's 20 years down the line, 20, 30 years, where if you're a young person and you grew up in a digital world and something that is digital will have more meaning to you. But one thing about the collectibles market, which is really interesting, is that it's being treated now like more of an investment market. So that's why anytime you see something up for auction now, it could be a pair of shoes, could be a jersey. What I mean, these these prices are higher than ever because it's being treated like more of an investment. So I don't know. Strange times, but I am still staying away from the whole, what I was, was it called? Non-fungible token. No thanks. Coming up next on BetQL Daily, Odyssey NFL insider Jason Lock and Four will join the crew and talk week six in the league and it's our conversation about tonight's NLCS and this afternoon's ALCS, you got to check out the pod. Just download and subscribe to The Daily Tip wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Chelsea, let's keep handing out the winners and get to our best bets. Time to place your bets. Chelsea, I am looking for a winner, and every time I say that, you just keep handing them out. So let's hear it. All right, so let's not jinx things, but I think the best opportunity that we'll have for an under in this series between the Phillies and the Dimebacks is tonight. I'm going to hit the under eight for minus 145 between Philadelphia and Arizona tonight because, number one, you have both the aces throwing. Zach Wheeler, Zach Allen, both have been incredible in the postseason and have also had to face some really tough lineups. Uh, and then you look at both of these bullpens. They have been on fire. Both mm -hmm. these bullpens as a staff have ERAs under two. Uh, the two best remaining bullpens in the postseason belong to these teams. Also, they are well-rested. They've had a mini layoff, which means good things for the pitching staff and bad things for the lineups. What have we seen for these offenses that have had to do little layoffs? They've been real cold. Just ask the Braves and just ask the Orioles. So I think all of the factors kind of point in the direction of an under here. I really think Zach Wheeler has a good hit, get, good game here against a Dimebacks that has had to face a little bit of a layoff. I mm -hmm. know they've been red hot, but maybe this is the time where we see it play a little bit closer. And plus, eight is a pretty healthy total for a yeah. postseason game. So I'll hit the under eight between the Phillies and the Dimebacks. Chelsea, I love that play quite a bit. So great minds think alike. I am going to Monday Night Football tonight. Austin Eckler, over 31 and a half receiving yards against the Cowboys. Eckler finally back in the lineup. 
healthy. And I know the thought is, well, what about him running the ball? I like him as a receiver because this guy can do it all. And also, the Cowboys do an exceptional job of pressuring the quarterback. What happens when they pressure Justin Herbert? He's going to be looking for a quick outlet. Austin Eckler will be that guy. He's been banged up. We know that. But in the first game of the season in which he did play against the Dolphins for receptions, 47 yards and if you're talking about a high total in this game and it is high it's gone from 47 to 51 we should see a lot of points at least that's what the numbers are telling us that means more opportunities for a guy like Eckler and because the Chargers have the second worst defense in the NFL I think there's a possibility that they could be playing from behind here that means more opportunities Mike Williams out for the season Austin Eckler over 31 and a half receiving yards against Cowboys I really like that. I think there are a lot of good props in tonight's game, but I am too nervous to play any of them. So I will ride with baseball. That has gotten me here, and I'll stick with it. But now it's time to go to the third member of mm. our Best Bets crew, the Magic 8-Ball. Let us gaze upon the glorious Magic 8-Ball. Shall it fade or tail these noble betters? <laughs> All right, A-Ball, what's it going to be? Are you going to support us today in our plays? All right, let's start with mine. I have the D-backs and the Phillies under eight for minus 145. A-Ball says, my reply is no. Well, my reply is it's a Monday. <laughs> and if you want to keep being on this show, maybe you suck it up and give us some positivity, A-Ball. Mm, A-Ball says, well, you've been threatening me for the better part of two and a half years, <laughs> and trying. I'm still on the show. All right, A-Ball, what do we think of Austin Eckler tonight? Over 31 and a half receiving yards against the Cowboys for minus 115. A-Ball says, as I see it, yes. Oh, well, I take back everything I said. I'm sorry. It's a Monday. You know, I get on Mondays. If you want to check out the eight ball, if you want to see Chelsea model the eight ball, this time she's doing it from Charlotte, North Carolina. Just go to twitch.tv slash betql. That is twitch.tv slash betql. Chelsea, I see you are staying on the diamond. Yeah, the other play for me is going to be Zach Wheeler over his outs prop of 16 and a half tonight. This means he needs to go six innings. I think he can give up some runs here, and they'll still keep him in. Also, I think he's going to have a great night. He has been nails in the postseason. He has postseason experience. He's pitched in a World Series. And I think the only thing that can slow this Diamondbacks lineup uh, down a little bit is the layoff. A little bit of a momentum killer and also going against an ace pitcher here. Also, the urgency is not the same in this series. It is a seven-game series as opposed to the wild card. There was three games. Each game mean, uh, meant so much that I think the leash was a little shorter for some of these starters. But as we get to a seven-game series, I think we will see a calming presence here as, you know, if hmm. Zach Wheeler gives up a couple of runs – not the biggest of deals they've got seven games to work with and plus uh he's somebody who i feel like can still settle down even after giving up maybe a couple of runs here so zach wheeler is the ace of the philly staff i think they'll give him a longer leash here let's go zach wheeler over his outs prop of 16 and a half for minus 115 chelsea good luck to you i am also on d-backs phillies going 
under eight minus 140. I'll just quickly reiterate what you said. These two starting pitchers, top of the line, bullpens, rested. And what we've seen from both of these guys, both Zachs in the postseason, is that they will be in fine form tonight. A lot of runs for this matchup in Philly. Under eight is the play. Let's do your BetQL five-star best bet. You know the drill. Get the information you need to become a more informed better. The Donkster says, Coyotes at the Rangers under six and a half and Rangers at the Astros under eight and a hook. Let's find out what's going to come up next on BetQL Daily. You got to stick around for that. And we bring in our friend Aaron Hawksworth. Good morning, Aaron. How are you? Good morning. Oh, man. I like the Phillies bets. I'm with you guys on that one. I was thinking Phillies first five, but last time I called it a Zach attack parlay now they're facing <laughs> off against each other i wonder if i should look at their k props shout out to save by the bell i forgot about that i gotta run it back with my zach attack far away zach attack i need to watch save by the bell i don't get the reference like oh there's definitely somebody Chelsea. named zach zach morris is it slater yeah. oh no, i mixed that's... him up darn wow Man, Zach Morris, AC Slit. Oh, we got to have a whole thing about that. Thank you, Aaron. Appreciate the Zach Attack reference. That's going to do it for us on this edition of the Daily Tip from BetQL presented by BetMGM. She is Chelsea Messenger. I'm Michael Jenkins. Thanks for being with us live across the country from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. in the East. Good luck on your bets, and we will see you tomorrow morning. Bye. You've been listening to The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. If you missed any of the show, listen back anytime on the new and improved Odyssey app.